Damn, it's rich. Yeah, you can. I, I'm usually good with like eating half at one time. I just wish people would say that about me. <laughs> but damn, you're rich. There you go. That's the part I'm missing. <laughs> also, that you're a good cookie because you're not. <laughs> oh, I see. Person's a good cookie. The guy has half a big cookie, and suddenly he's an expert. Um, um, no, this is not cookie cast. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. I'm not doing. Oh, really? It's in conjunction with sandwich cast. Yeah, you'll do mm. it. Sandwich cookies. Now, if it were an ice cream sa- Fuck, I can't have ice cream sandwiches anymore. Nope. You that, cannot. That just hit me. Oh. <laughs> I can't have ice cream waffles. Fuck! It, it, like this that. isn't a new thing. Or has it gotten worse? No, it hasn't gotten worse. I just haven't had a craving for an ice cream sandwich until oh. this point. Until this moment. Because oh. this cookie, you're like, I need something to break this sweetness. Ice cream will do it. Well, like something cold and like ice cream sounds good, but I can't have that anymore. And it, I don't know. I don't eat a lot of sweets like cookies and stuff, so I don't get that weird craving every so often. But it just hit me. I can't have ice cream sandwiches anymore. Nope. I don't want those weird vegan ones. That shit's unnatural. <laughs> My heart does hurt for you, though. Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm actually just quietly sitting here enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you're an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, making you squirm is always fun. It's awesome. Because it doesn't happen very often, because you just let everything roll off you. Mm. And you know what? If he had an ice cream sandwich, he'd, he'd be squirming. <laughs> 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 Yeah, uh, Deb, last week on the episode, Barry made a point of pointing out that all of my jokes did not land. So this well, I episode... Think one of them landed. I, I'm landing jokes. Okay. At oh. Barry's expense. Oh, thanks for prepping me ahead of time. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Correction. I think like one of your jokes landed last episode. Like we landed with a broken leg, but landed it did. I forget which one it was. So do I, because it was forgettable. Like I said, it landed with a broken wow. leg. But, you know... That's what this time is for. I believe in you. You can do better. I believe in you, Peter. He still thinks I want to do better. He <laughs> right, keeps right. missing the point. The he's point. Pa- he's past the age of wanting better. Dude. Oh, yeah. I'm so old. How I, old are you? I'm old enough to just not give a fuck anymore. Oh, I wasn't. There was a time when it's like, oh, Barry. Are you saying, are you saying that didn't land? <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't land. I had no teeth. Barry, Barry didn't like my joke. Where? Now it's like, yeah, fuck Barry. He didn't like this joke. I'm waiting wait, wait for the next one. <laughs> now, if Steve Biggs were here, he'd be like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, hold on. And hold on, looking hold up, up hold a uh, cricket sound yeah. on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just skip all that and say, cricket sound. <laughs> That's true. He would. Yeah, he would. He would yeah. sit there and just... And it'd be the cricket sound. Eventually. But he Eventually. Would, he'd make sure that, hold it, hold on, hold on, just give me a second. Wait, everybody stop talking. Hold on. Yeah. I'm almost there. <laughs> I've almost got this thing. Oh, got to play, play through the ad. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I institute certain rules. No and, f- Steve Biggs phone at the table. And, and and then he would hit, or yeah, is, was it the ads? Because there, oh, he that, always No, had, that was Barry. That, that, that was me. <laughs> but he tried to do some Steve Biggs shit. I did. I had like a bell or something, yeah. and then it played an ad. <laughs> like, what the? 
Welcome, folks, to Geek Shack number 694. I am Master Torgo. Commander K. Ice Creamless Vlarg. And Deb. And we're here to talk Week and Geek. Before we get the show started proper, uh, Barry unearthed a relic from ages past. A relic? And he tried to just hand it to me, say, this is what the... Uh, I said, no, no, you, you read that on the show. You, uh... We've talked about the event many times, but this is some actual verbiage. Yeah, we were digging through the office uh, today, finally moving into this house we moved into like a year ago, and I found in a box uh, one of the letters that I sent to the, I think it was like 32 different people around the world to send to Todd for that prank that I was trying to pull that he squirmed his way out of because he's an awful human being. And so the letter, which I'll post on the Discord so you could see it, if you're a Kofi member, hint, hint, uh, has a creepy mask on it, and then it says, you have agreed to assist me with my evil plan for revenge, and I appreciate your service. By helping with the smallest of tasks, you align yourself with my secret order of miscreants, and will be updated on the progress of my revenge via the Facebook group. Obviously, tell no one of this plot, for I have not entrusted everyone who knows my target with the knowledge of this plan for reasons of plausible deniability. Jeff, uh, my request is simple. Drop one of these letters in the post as soon as possible, then mail the others any time within the next two weeks. If you're outside the continental U.S., let me know how much postage, postage is, and I'll reimburse you. That's it. <laughs> and thus began the, the great failure prank event. <laughs> failure. <laughs> so I, I wanted to share that with you, monkeys, because we've talked about it many times in the past, so that it was a piece of that that puzzle yeah that was uh i still remember todd bringing bringing his letters and shit up to me and he's like what do you make of this and i was in on it so i'm like uh ooh, uh wow wow this is weird wow i don't know wow master thespian right there <laughs> um um I, I i don't know i, don't I know. uh i uh uh barry didn't say anything to me <laughs> <laughs> and i think my response was yeah it's weird i'm just gonna ignore it <laughs> that was your response and i was Jerk. just like how can i so then i started trying to figure out the puzzles for you you know what todd i think you, this... you were the most help i was i think this supposed to lead to this is supposed i think that's what that means and he's like eh. and i'm like shit <laughs> jerk face <laughs> shit Jerkiest of jerk faces. That's you. And then, then we had the uh, the wedding, and it was just unfortunately too many. Not enough days before we were just like, oh, you know what? We should wear the masks at the wedding. Would have been great if yeah. I didn't hear about the wedding like two days before. <laughs> well, and the masks were in Texas. At that yeah, point, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the problem. Yeah. So we just we just couldn't figure out how to get him here. In time. I couldn't even get a banana costume here fast <laughs> enough. I looked. So, the uh, the moral of the story, monkeys, is that you're a jerk. That to keep shenanigans down at your wedding, let them know two days. Prior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there would have been shenanigans. Oh, oh I boy. know. I, I was on that know. phone as soon as you call. You hung up with me. I was like, how do I get a mariachi band? Yeah. But he, he, he did it perfectly. He plans were afoot, but we couldn't do a thing. And yeah. I footed them plans. Yeah. Yes, he Deb, did. good to have you back. We missed you <laughs> last few weeks. Yeah. Work has been crazy. He'll Traveling. do that. Traveling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. But you're here now. I am. And the show feels more complete. Yay. And, you know, playing the part of Andy today oh. is Deb. Oh, shush. Whatever. <laughs> Do you wow. want to explain that? I do. It's Kirsten's <laughs> birthday. Oh, boy. Happy birthday, Kirsten. And uh, we got him some cookies. Some fancy cookies. Crumble fancy. cookies. Yeah. Fancy Half cookies. of which Deb spilled in the doorway <laughs> as she walked in. It's so, definitely one of those. I had it, and then I had the door, and then I was going to go back to supporting and like slow motion started yeah. tipping and Kirsten was like standing he's like oh it was like holding yeah. in slow motion oh it was great folks just like those fail vids <laughs> <laughs> you just you just watch it slow-mo happen it's like ah because everybody is too far or got too many hands full to do anything yep so half of the box ended up on the ground upside down with the frosting side down on the ground it was great those and, are the ones that taught you and Deb was like eh, well Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Put a candle in the mess. And just... <laughs> I ordered more and she replaced did. them. And they did. Yeah. We, we got a delivery just before we recorded the show. But I'm yes. disappointed that when she came to the door, she didn't say, cookie lady. I, I would have applauded that behavior. You could, you could have said that from here. You, you know what, you. Uh, Barry, for my birthday, you should have had those cookies delivered by... Cookie Monster Burlesque Woman. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. I would not have argued. Yeah, but the, <clears throat> the delivery would have cost a lot. I'm worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Questionable. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move right into what we did this week. Deb, what'd you do? It's been a while. It's been a while, so I have a few things. Um, I have been... Not reading, but listening to a lot of books, a lot of books lately. And quite a few of them have been very intriguing. So the first one that I want to bring is The Serpent and the Wings of Night. And it's the first book of a new series. And I believe they're gonna, she's going to do it kind of like, um, I'm totally blank on it now, but you'll have like a duology and then in, a, in the same universe, a separate series, but it has, so... Um, uh, the show and book series that I read recently with kind of like, like Mercedes Lackey books. Well, the wolves and all that. Anyway, I'll remember. My brain's tired. So, but Serpent and the Wings of Night. Um, it is a vampire story, um, mainly. But it's it's like actually one of my friends has suggested it to me. She's like, it's like uh, Vampire Hunger Games, and I, I, I love the log line. It. I mean, it really is. So, like, essentially, vampires. Um, are the main uh, living species on the planet. Humans exist, but obviously they kind of exist to feed and be servants to the vampires. And there's different clans of vampires. So they all have kind of different, kind of like in the Dresden Files, they all have different traits about them, different types of things that make them unique. So you can tell mm. kind of what clan of vampire they belong to. Just by looking Where at them. Where have you heard yeah, that just by before. looking at them. Dresden mm. Files. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, but it does speak ventru. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so every hundred years there is a I forget what they call it, but essentially it's like a call to this tournament. And whoever wins, their god will grant them a wish. And uh the god who created them. And it's a really interesting story. It was one of those that like I thought I had it figured out, and then the end I was like, Oh, Oh my god! <laughs> oh, wonderful! And the second the book ended, I was like, "Is the next book out yet?" God damn it! No, it's not. 
So it's not out until later this year. Um, the print might be out now, but the audiobook's not until later this year. So are there different tribes like there are in Hunger Games of vampires? There's different like uh, yeah, so different clans essentially. Clans. Yeah. yeah. How many clans are there? Three that I know of so far in this book that they introduced to you. The Habru. <laughs> <laughs> the Mirtrem. The Doriator. <laughs> The Calmavians. Brugal. So the Nightborn. The Faratunas. Yes, you have the Nightborn, and then you have... Is there one clan that's, like, the, ugly? No. Okay, just Damn it. No. See, that's where they, that's, that's where yeah. they changed it, right mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there wizards? No. Okay. Uh, no, okay. Uh, no, <laughs> no, but it's really good. It's really um, intriguing, and, like... The main you don't character. Get what we're doing. We're doing a no, I know. riffing on it's, Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, so, and yeah. I wouldn't know that because <laughs> she's politely ignoring us. Yes. Wow. That's par for the course. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know Vampire the Masquerade. No, I don't. Second most influential role playing game in the history of role playing games. Well, at least in the history of Barry's universe. Hey, I had a couple friends before I ever moved to Vegas that played when I was in high school. I just, at that point in my life, I was more into soccer and band than. I played D&D a little bit, but... Sports, girl. Yeah. Sports. I grew up playing soccer. Friggin' jocks. I know. Whatever. Sports, sports, sports. Sports, sports, uh-huh. sports, sports, sports. Anyway, <laughs> so The Serpent and the Wings of Night is the first <clears throat> book, and I'm really definitely... It was one of those days when, like, as soon as it ended and I couldn't get it in the next one, I was like, God damn it! God damn it! And so then it took me a few days to figure out what, what I should start listening to next. So then I did try another new series... And I have started doing this thing lately where, you know, we, I have, we have a subscription to Audible, so we get a credit every month. And with, when I used to drive to work every day, it was fine because I went through books like nothing. Like some months I was like, when is our credit load? Because I didn't have enough credits. But since COVID and we've been home all the time, we've had a bank of them. But I have noticed there's been a few book series, and I think it's by newer authors, where they kind of group their release of their audiobooks as like together as one credit so um that one i mentioned before about the that everybody said sounded like um air the last airbender or whatever it was similar um i paid one credit for five books and so i found another series that is called queens of the fae and they have grouped them so there's nine books in this series which i didn't know the first, the first one I got was a, it's a books one through three, and so I figured, okay, so it's a three book series. <laughs> That's how they get you. And they have grouped them into three, so I only had to spend three credits to get nine books, which is nice. Still nice. It's still nice. Are they long books? Um, not terribly long. Um, the three books on the audiobook together because they just won consecutively was like twenty two hours. So the books themselves probably aren't terribly long if you got them in print. Huh. Um. But I'm I'm enjoying the series, and there are some. You can tell it's funny. You can hear the the reader who's narrating. Sometimes, like there'll be like an error or like a word missing or what you know what I mean, like in the print, and then that I'm like oh yeah, they didn't catch that. But oh, wow. it's still it's still good. So the thing I like about the series is the main character. She is Faye, but didn't know, and she spent she grew up up until she turned seventeen in the human world. Um, thinking that she was crazy because she would randomly see like people would look different and then all of a sudden they'd look normal again. Or like 
um, she started actually having some magic, but she didn't know what it was or anything. And so she was institutionalized multiple times. But the thing I like about the series is then she ends up in the Fey realm and she is essentially human. She grew up current time with all of the technology and everything. And so she left and right just brings up shit. And I'm like, this is perfect because it's, you know, a lot of fantasy you have to completely disconnect, right? Because it's a totally different world, a totally different thing. It doesn't exist with us. And in this series, they have brought current current day human teenage living and all the things that they do and all these things into a fantasy novel. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. And a lot of times I will laugh so loud with like side random comments or like it'll, she'll just come up with a quip that's definitely totally like a friend of mine would say right now it's just it's fun I really enjoying it um I just started book four so um we'll see how it goes but it's definitely um there's a lot to the world and I do like between the first three so the first three they call queens of the fae the second three is called crimes of the fae and that's book five sorry books four through six and then the last three is secrets of the fae seven through nine um, so between book three and four, they jump 10 years, which is kind of nice because, you know, then they have, I think, more options for story content. It's not just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and so. there's gray hairs of the fae, broken hip of the fae. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. But no, I, I'm... Lactose I'm, intolerance I'm... of the fae. Depends of the fae. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the worst one because there's that Barry fae, and he just walks around grumbling because he can't have ice cream sandwiches. See, that one hit. That one hit well. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so when anyway. you get an oh, my goodness from dad. <laughs> oh, my. Just, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. The other thing I like about this series that makes it a little different is that in this Fey world, they have kind of created, there's three kingdoms, but each kingdom that you are, you know, like born into by blood and stuff, your magic is different. So. Let me. Pause. Yes. What is it with young adult books and saying like, what? Which Hogwarts house are you in? Which which divergent group are you with? Which you know, which which king fae kingdom are you in? I think it has a lot to do with at that time in your life trying to help people understand that just because you're different doesn't mean you're different. That just because you're labeled that's one exactly thing, what different means. You know what? Finding identity. Yes. Determining Even though you're identity. labeled as something, okay. trying to become yourself, yeah. and or not categorizing people just because they're from one location as all the yeah. same type of people and blah, blah, blah. And maybe you feel different in the real world, and then, oh, look, there's this world where it's quite obvious I belong here. Right. Every, every, everything is the breakfast club. <laughs> right. But it's, I think it has more like to do with, with that time in, in p- people's lives where you're going from high school to college yeah. or, you know, middle school to high school. And you, I mean, you're totally around different, t- like more people generally in high school than you ever have in school, period. And so you see a lot of different types of personalities and different people and different backgrounds, um, especially college. College is hugely different because especially if you go to like a large university that attracts a lot of people from all over the country all over yeah, the world. Yeah, I was just pointing out that I it's it's a com, it's a very common thing because in, in YA books that okay, here's 3 4 or 5 different yeah. clans or yeah. tribes or whatever. Which one do you belong to? Mm-hmm. And it turns out the Mary Sue's really shouldn't belong to any of them or multiple ones, you know. There you I, go. Yeah. So 
I see now why those BuzzFeed things work. You know what we need to do? We need to put one out with with like 20 questions. And Are you more of a Torgo or a Vlar? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're an Andy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Congratulations. it. Congratulations. No, no matter what the questions are, it was like, all right, calculating, calculating. Put your email in here, calculating. You're an Andy. Yeah. That's the answer for everybody. Yes. Yeah. No matter what answer. It'll be, I, I would love to see that comments thread because I got I'm an Andy. I did, too. I did, too. Hey. Hey. What? Hey. Question three. What did you answer? What, what's your favorite every, fruit? Is it a banana? Is it a grape? Is it an orange or a potato? Yeah. It's an Andy. Oh, my God. That's right. You, it's like one out of every hundred. So you get that one person. I was a Deb. And they're just like, wow. It must work because one of us was a Deb. There's a hundred of us. One hit Deb. So this must actually, there must be something to this. But if they linger on the webpage for too long, it'll switch up to an Andy. Yeah. <laughs> And never show that again. There'll only be Andy at that IP. Oh my goodness! I could do. I got another. Oh my goodness! Hold on. Ding. <laughs> that 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 actually would be funny though. It would be. It would be. It would be. It would be. All the things we could do if we just did. <laughs> hey, it landed. <laughs> One more thing I want to talk about. <clears throat> it's a TV show. So. I am trying to make the, mo the most of our Masterpiece subscription through Amazon because it's like all of the shows that I would ever want to watch that he would, Barry would never want to watch. We have a Masterpiece subscription? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I talked about this last time. She, she did, but I love that. <laughs> Blocked it out. Well, I liked it, yeah, because all the stuff that Barry wouldn't watch, we got a what? <laughs> <sighs> Miss Scarlet and the Duke. This I already wouldn't watch wow. it. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Is that the sequel to Clue? <laughs> <laughs> it takes place, I want to say, it's definitely during Queen Victoria time. So it's got to be like late 1800s, not quite 1900s yet. Is there ballroom dancing? No, there is not. There is no <gasps> dancing. So what? Miss Scarlet is the daughter of a PI, of a private investigator. What? Already just flipping this the table is, off. Yes. No. Something interesting. I and don't know. A lot of the show, I mean, a lot of, especially the first season is people, every time she's like, I'm a private investigator. And like they're like, I'm sorry, what? Or, no, you're not. She. That's like, you know, the thing. And there are pieces of the show, I will say, that get very repetitive. Like, the storyline kind of, they have three seasons released right now. They're working on season four. And some of the things just keep main plot line just keep repeating like the relationship between her and the duke they've known each other since they were kids but they're not romantically involved but then are they romantically want to be involved but no but yes but no the scarecrow and mrs king i was thinking something similar. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, that's an old joke but the duke plays for old people like me he's a detective inspector uh for scotland yard and so they kind of have this, you know, working relationship where there's a huge animosity because she's constantly not behaving and acting like a woman should in that time period and pushing the line of what she should and should not be doing because she doesn't oh, work for woman, the police. Oh, woman, Poppycock! I wonder why Deb would like this. What's mm -hmm. all this then? But yeah, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, there are some, some of the storylines that feel a little repetitive. I'm like, can we just get past this and do something new? But for the most part, I'm really enjoying the show. It's called, so, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. It's on Masterpiece. Um, it's a BBC show. <laughs> it's so. on Masterpiece. I love that. Mm, we got a what? <laughs> I'll pay that bill. Oh, fantastic. Barry, what have you been watching on Masterpiece? Not a goddamn <laughs> thing. And I'm surprised Deb didn't bring the other thing she's been doing. 
Hogwarts. Well, I know, but I brought a lot already. So what? <laughs> okay, I brought Hogwarts a couple times already, but I just said, I'm just going to say one little thing about it, one little thing. I'm going to leave it for Deb to talk about. He well, wants you to talk about it because he wants to talk about it. I know. It. So <laughs> he can unless you've already talked about it. And I've already mentioned that Hurston, Kirsten came in yeah. on the best part. I saw that. Petting pets and feeding, and feeding them, them nuggets. Barbie's and... fucking horse adventure game it is. Yeah. yeah. So that that they, yeah, that gets you additional uh like feathers and things to sew into clothing that gives oh, you feathers. feathers. Improvements to your clothes. Yeah. 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 Like um it, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> So, yes. Okay. So, I've been playing Hogwarts, and I, I do have to say this first. So, I am slightly a little annoyed because um, Barry is ahead of me that, on this that, game. That would annoy anyone. Yeah. Um, even though I am the one who purchased it and started playing it first. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of time on my hands. That's mainly because when I'm not here, he does nothing except he did, play games. He, he did. When he was showing me stuff, he at one point, he was like, oh, God, I'm ahead of Deb. <laughs> I'm going to hear about that. And here we are. I didn't say anything until the show, by the way. I haven't said a thing. I'm, I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you saved that for me. <laughs> I didn't spoil anything for you, no, and you I'm helping not. you when I can. Except for today, when I woke up, and I was playing a little before you wake up, because I get up earlier than you for some reason when you're not working. And I played for like an hour or so, and I got past the thing you were having problems with, with killing this big giant spider That was thing. yesterday. Yeah. And was it? I don't know. The days all yesterday. meld together for yeah. me. Um, and I said, well, I, I I know how to beat it real easy, but you're not going to want to do it because I went right down the path of dark magic. And I was like, oh, you need to cast the Imperial on that thing huh. and just just kill it after that. And she's like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. If I, can do that. I, have, I de- don't follow down these. I path. declined getting taught Crucio. I declined <gasps> it. You did? I did. Tuss. Why? Tuss. Because See, I, I approve this. I am yeah. going to win this game without having any of the dark curses. Okay. That's, you know that's what? That's what I'm going to do. That's cool. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to take you twice as long. No, you know no. what's cool? When you're casting spells, and you're like, Spelliarmus, uh, Levioso, this, that. And then when he casts Crucio, he's like, Crucio. And then he says it like that, too. And everything gets dark, and there's lightning. He's like, Crucio. And then you go back to Spyarmus. Capringo. <laughs> wow. This 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 game Frank is Lyle. its own BuzzFeed what are you test, isn't it? But there are so there are things I enjoy about this game. The biggest being that some video games for me um, get too technical with all of the you know, like the Jedi game that I finally finished. I did finish. Um, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Um, but I had to replay so many of the boss fights because holy fuck, if you aren't an expert at that point about all of the moves you can do and how to do them, let's be real. Some of those moves, I am a fucking button smasher because I'm like, I don't remember. It's a B and an A or a B and a Y. I don't uh, know. I Who's love button push mashing. Buttons? Push buttons. That's all I want. So with Harry Potter, um, everything's on a wheel. And so you you essentially can associate your spells with the, the keys, but you see that constantly on the screen, so you know what spell you're hitting. It's not like, I don't remember what this is, I'm just going to button mash. And even though a couple of the things that I've come across so far, um, I've only had to like replay it once or twice before I pass it again. Whereas like with Jedi, there was a couple on the... I would get <laughs> to like dying ten, on my 10th try, and I'm like, fuck this shit, and I would just close everything and just go away for the which next day. i'm glad because i could 
I could feel your muscles coiling up, ready to throw that controller through the window. Yeah. It's there. The yes, feeling's yes. there. Yes. I know, because I get it too. But yeah, so I definitely think that for people who enjoy playing video games, like the story, do enjoy the battle, but don't have to be super technically you know, coherent on all of what everything does. It helps. Would enjoy this game. Um, it is, however super quest heavy like all you do in this game is quest there is no you can do some open world investigating but half the time you don't want to because you know you're going to get a quest in that area again anyway <laughs> and then you've already like so you might as well wait until you get a quest um, and you know maybe petting feeding animals isn't your thing and instead a lot of cadaver is your thing or cavada or whatever however you say it that <laughs> that's my thing yep. i'm glad you don't know how to say it <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna learn yet for you yeah Pick up your pen and point it at you. Crucio. You got to do the movement right, too. I'm glad you don't have to do the movements after that. You just hit the button. That would suck. If it was like a VR game where you're doing the movement just right. I want to watch Barry play a VR Hogwarts game. Where he has to do this correct one movement. Mm -hmm. Ugh. No. That's something I need a camera on. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. I kind of want to see that, too. (laughs) That would be amusing. We'll pull the Andy cam off of him, put it on you, yeah. <laughs> but this game definitely feeds my barrel breaker in me because there's like these, some of the quests are collect this many of this thing and we'll give like, so um, not when Guardian Leviosa, Alohomora. So you can improve your Alohomora, you can op- which is the, the unlocking, unlocking doors, unlocking locks. You can improve that by finding these little statues for the caretaker and you have to, you know, for level one, you have to sneak in and to the staff quarter that night and steal a couple. But then level two, you have to find nine and they're hidden throughout the world. Like they're just randomly in places. And I have gotten to level two and I'm halfway to level three by collecting and Barry's still a level one. So there's parts of this game. Yeah, because I don't care. Because he doesn't, he doesn't do the barrel breaking. He to just wants to get through the quests and like learn I'm all the spells. trying to learn all the bad spells. To be fair, Barry's on level one on a lot of things. I know. I know. <laughs> it's okay. I've collected almost it's all okay. of the, the okay, dandelion though. keys, too. It's okay. So, and he has, like, none, or maybe a couple, I guess. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I only need three more, and then I have the chest full. Great. It opens a chest in your house. I don't know what's inside of it, but when you collect 16 of them. The real treasure was the friends you made along the way. <laughs> That's no. 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 But, yeah. So, I am enjoying the game quite a bit. Like, to the point where, like, you know, we've been off for a couple of days, and uh, I wake up, and I'm like, it's very up yet. To play because we can only play one at a time because we only own one copy of the game that's so. fine i you know i actually didn't mind and this is this is big praise i didn't mind sitting there watching you play that is big praise because i fucking hate doing that of course i got a little you know drunk to do it because ev- <laughs> ev- eventually i will get bored yes, but... he gets very bored yeah but yeah aside from Downing quantities of booze. What else you do? Uh, the only, honestly, not a lot. The only thing I did, and I was highly anticipating this game launching on on Game Pass. I swear they're not paying me to advertise for them. They should. Um, Arcade Paradise. Arcade Paradise. I thought I heard you mentioning this before. Because it just came to, to Game Pass. Uh, it's, it's shitty graphics. Doesn't matter. But... You are a teenager taking over your father's laundromat, 
and you've got a couple of video games in the back. And it's like the eighties. A couple of shitty 80, 80s video games in the back. Nothing you'd recognize, like like new new stuff. Um, but it mimics a lot of eighties video games. And you have to clean the laundromat, pick up the garbage, put take it out to the, like uh, the pressure to the, to the bin. No, but I'm getting through that too. Uh, and then you gotta take the laundry, put it in the washer, wait. Wait. Oh, it's done? Okay. And then you take it out. You put it in the... You see where I'm going with this? But you earn money doing that. And then you can upgrade the video games and back. And eventually, you get to prove to your dad that, no, laundromat's not the way to go. Arcade is the way to go. That passive income is way better, especially in the 80s. So you're buying more video games and you're expanding the back room. Meanwhile, to make the money on the short term, you're it's, it's laundromat the game. <laughs> Laundromat simulator. <laughs> Deb came in for a second. She's like, "Oh, what are you playing?" And she 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 was there for like a couple of minutes. She's like, "Okay," and she just <laughs> pretty much walked the fuck away. I'm like, "No, it's exciting. Look, I got laundry. I got laundry." Does he do that at home with the real laundry? No, no, because no. because it doesn't ding when it's done, and you give me twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and like you get your like you've been in the back playing video games. And you get to play the games, and that that helps the popularity for some reason. I don't know how. And the games are silly, stupid games, but you could play them and unlock achievements and shit. And then your phone will ding like, oh, the wash is done. So you have a choice now. You could say, screw it, and continue to play the game and get higher in, higher in the game, the little shitty game. Or you can go and tend to the wash. And if you don't tend it in time, you earn less and less for completing the wash. Laundromat, the game! Anyway, Arcade Paradise, check it out. It's free on Game Pass. It's it's stupid fun. That's really the only geeky thing I I uh, I did this week. I did a little get gaming too. Uh, of course, I sent back Diablo. They sent me in place of Diablo. They sent me Blood Bowl three. Blood Bowl three. Blood Bowl three, based on the tabletop American football done in the Warhammer unit fantasy universe. Interesting. Uh, the follow-up to Blood Bowl 2. That's the one. Okay. <laughs> now, before I go into this, I want to make it perfectly clear. Blood Bowl is a fantastic game. Blood Bowl 3 is great. It does a fantastic job of translating those uh, violent football tabletop rules into game form where the game does all the admin and remembers all the rules so you don't have to. So that's a big, big plus, and it comes with a good amount of the teams, which that didn't happen in part two. The teams were add-ons later on. Now you can get a game of the year version of two, which has all the teams now. So if you get it, get that one. Uh, now the thing is, is it worth getting the new Blood Bowl versus two? Ah, that's the real question, and I'm not so sure it is. Uh-oh. Uh oh. It has the new rules. Blood Bowl has a new addition since the since Blood Bowl 2 came out, of uh, the tabletop rules. So 3 is the emulation of those rules, but the rules aren't that much different. Uh, but it captures the game perfectly. It does so with the, the same tongue-in-cheek comedy that the game itself has and uh, fleshes out the fantasy universe a little bit. It's, it's crazy, goofy fun, but the games last a while because they are a tabletop you go, then the AI goes, or whoever you're playing against goes, and uh, continues. Each person has, I believe, uh, I think it's eight turns uh, per half. So that ends up translating to about a game that lasts about an hour and a half, two hours long. That's not bad. Which, 
fantastic if you got the time. And if you don't have the time, eh, whatever. Come back to it. Come back to the rules later on. But if you're playing online with somebody, eh, no, you're stuck. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't think there is enough changes to warrant that if you already have two, getting three. If you don't have two, uh, go ahead and get three. But frankly, two's probably cheaper, and it comes with all the uh, DLC included now. So graphics is about the same. Uh, yeah, roughly. Gameplay about the same. Gameplay is pretty much the same. What's improved? Anything? Uh, they did do well. They, there are some subtle changes in the second edition rules for the tabletop that are incorporated in three that aren't in two that kind of streamline some things, especially when building your team roster. Mm. So that part's a little more easy and a little more fun. Uh, however, the gameplay itself pretty much runs the same way. Mm. Ah, but either way, fun either way. And frankly, since I already own two, I went ahead and sent back three because I felt like I was playing the same game because I was. Now, if you don't have it, I highly recommend it. It's fun. It is American football, very, very violent with uh, fantasy aspects. And in uh, lots of blood, as the name in suggests. All right. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, my wife and I watched Black Mirror. Yeah, we've been watching that too. So we, uh, we've done it a little weird because my wife's never seen Black Mirror. I have only seen the first season. Yeah, we've ah. only, I think I've only seen the first season as well. So we decided to watch it backwards. Since it's anthology, it's like, well, each one's a standalone story. Let's start with season six and go backwards. And it has been a fun journey. And so we are now to the point where we're almost at season one. Uh, And so far, season six and season four are the tops. That sounds about right. Uh, Season four is the one that starts off with USS Callister. And what a... That's an amazing episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just uh, what was yeah. the one that it reminded me of? I was like, this this was our this is a remake of an actual Twilight Zone episode, and it's the uh, the well the one at the end of the Twilight Zone movie as well, where the basically the kid has godlike powers mm. and the family is trying to appease him because the kid's a little shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's pretty much a remake of that, but <laughs> with toxic male nerds, and it's that so. Uh, but those that watched uh, Black Mirror. You already know this. It's fantastic. If you haven't watched Black Mirror, that is a standout episode. But there's a lot of fantastic episodes all the way through. But season six, loving it. Um, There's an episode in season six I wasn't crazy about. Uh, go ahead and tell me which one. Uh, it was the one we just watched. The astronauts are on that and they come back oh, to their I, bodies. Oh, I loved that one. I, okay, I didn't like it. It was an interesting idea, but there were so many problems. These people don't talk to anyone. Not once did I hear them talking to like mission control or anything like that. It doesn't. Oh, okay, if you have the ability to push your mind through uh, like a what has to be like some type of quantum tunneling thing or uh, what's the entangled entangled communication. Uh, there's so much other stuff that you have as well, not just like 1960s flipping switches and, and and shitty technology. I had a normally I don't have a problem with suspension of disbelief, but there was a lot missing here on ah. this episode. I got I like the idea, you know? I like the story, but as far, you know, you're going to come at me with sci-fi, you better you better support it. And right. it, and I understand it's just an hour show, but you can world build in an hour. Look at how they did it with the McAllister, and and with the first episode of season six, that was wow, a, that was a good episode. That was a triumph. Yes. Yeah. 
one thing I like about season six versus the other seasons is they are branching out. Where the whole idea of Black Mirror is this is Twilight Zone, but with a technology bent. In season six, they said, okay, why don't we start doing stuff that has nothing to do with technology and start telling some other genre Twilight Zone stories? And I kind of of appreciated it. Yeah. But uh, since you haven't gotten there, I don't want to spoil it for you there. But we've taken that journey, loving it. Uh, We are going to finish the whole thing. Once we finish one, that's when we're going to watch Bandersnatch. And I took your advice. And I watched, Why would you do that? I, I know, right? And I watched uh, the brand new cherry flavor. What'd you think? It's a little rough. It's a... <laughs> you wouldn't like it, Deb. Deb, not for you. No, not for you. It, it, horror? It, it, it's, what's weird is it's on the cusp of horror, but it isn't. It's almost like horror art piece, but with a heavy leaning on gore and not so much scares. Uh, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't like it. It... I... Mm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't quite know what he thinks. I, I, I don't quite know what I think. Yeah. I, mm. You know what? And that is absolutely a understandable assessment of that show. Yeah. I was just confused at the end. I'm like, I, I mean, I wasn't confused about the story. It made sense. But I, mm, I don't know how I feel. And when I'm finished with it, I'm still wondering how on earth this got made. Is there a word for that? I bet there isn't German. <laughs> there could be that what is the okay please write in and tell us what the word is for this with that feeling when you watch a series and afterwards you don't you didn't hate it you got it you understood it you just don't quite know how you feel about it it so, may it may be a little icky not not quite glappy no definitely not gla- glappy. not glappy no. glappy it's definitely its own thing we need a new word something based in a dramatic language Anyway, that is what I did this week. Kay, what'd you do? Flurging Hoffenberger. I don't know. Easy I didn't to remember that. that one. Uh, uh, I watched one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, the Gate? Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. And it was really funny because I was just going through this uh, one Discord thread and they were talking about something and then they got into the apes movies the first five and then somebody mentioned uh yeah the director's cut quote unquote of conquest which is uh, apparently a little more violent and has a different ending and i was like they they have a that's out there and then i found out that i had that the um the blu-ray of the ape series that i have actually has that cut as well as the theatrical release, which is really funny because Conquest was already the most violent of the five films. It's the only one that got a PG. All the rest are G-rated. Now, of course, this is... It's not- pre- the pre-PG-13 thir- PG, yeah. which actually had some teeth. Uh-huh. Right. And, and also, this is in the 60s and 70s where you look at some of the G... Like, uh, I don't think anybody would feel that Battle for the Planet of the Apes is a G-rated movie. Yeah. So, um, I watched that and it was really funny because uh, I hadn't seen that version before, and it was a little. Are you drinking a urine sample? <laughs> what the hell <laughs> is that? Yeah, what is Are that? You, Mountain, have you gone Mountain into th- urine therapy? I have learned. Now here we go. That if you drink your own pee, 
you will live forever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's, that's, not that's, how that works. that's the new thing. <laughs> that's what the, all the kids are doing it. I am now that kid. Yeah. Okay. Mountain Dew? Wow. <laughs> Very watered down iced tea. <laughs> that is incredible. Well, what gets me is the, the bubbly edges. It's, yeah, right? That's like, that's perfect for weirding out somebody. Okay. McDonald's iced tea is weird. It mm. bubbles and it makes me nervous. Okay. But you, yeah, of course. Stop going to McDonald's. Yeah, he's no, going back. Not happening. Yeah. So anyway, I watched it, and it was, it was, it, and of course, it was kind of funny, more violent, because they did a lot of, they did a lot of hammer horror, bright red blood splashes, so, and stuff like that, when they were doing bloody moments and things like that, so that was actually kind of funny. The end of the movie, uh, it was, it was talked about in, uh, in the movie's histories, because... At first, Caesar is Roddy McDonald is just going on. We're gonna take over, and then you know the hum- the humans are gonna have no place, and meh. And then they soften it. They actually had M- McDowell, Roddy McDowell, um, record new lines saying, "Well, we'll cooperate with the humans. We'll usher in a time of peace and everything like that." And it was really funny because if you look closely. Even though he's in the ape makeup, you can still tell that uh, they didn't shoot a new scene. They just did an ADR and put those lines in. So it was interesting watching this scene because it was totally... And he actually described the next movie, Battle. He's like, you're going to have your nuclear weapons and you're going to attack and try to destroy us and we're going to hide out and, uh, and then we'll emerge from the rubble and we will have our own world and you'll have your ruins and it will be a planet of the apes, har, har, har. And uh, he actually has the apes. <clears throat> well, he doesn't have them, but he lets the apes, because the, the governor, the human governor of the city, who was like the main antagonist, he actually has, uh, lets those apes beat him to death. Um, whereas in the uh, re- theatrical release, they let him live. They, they implied they let him live. So that was interesting. And I was just, I had never seen that before. So I really enjoyed it. Or if I had seen it before, I forgot. Because I really was totally like, I've got this motherfucker. This is great. <laughs> so that was cool. And I loved that movie. I still remember when I was a kid, one of the greatest movie nights of my life. They did the Go Ape Tonight Marathon where they had all five movies and they ran them at drive-ins. Wow. Five wow. movies. Oh, my God, dude. How long are these movies? Uh, yeah, well, actually, they're kind of short. They're... 90-ish minutes or so. The first one might have been a little more standard, but generally they were short. So, But it, it was dawn when we left the drive-in and went home. And it was really funny because my dad had a two-hour commute into New York City. Ugh. And he basically dropped me and my mom off. And then went and, to work. Yeah. Wow. Because <laughs> they did this. It's a good dad. For some reason, they did this on a weeknight. And... and they were just like, don't worry. When Kirsten goes to sleep, we'll just go home. And I didn't go to sleep. I was awake right up to the final moment of the final movie. And then I went to sleep. And I was I was out on the car ride home. It was funny. I remember when they re-released, uh, before they released the upgraded, updated versions of the original trilogy for Star Wars. They re-released the original films. And my mom took Jessica and I because 
we we were actually only alive when Return of the Jedi came out um, so that we could see all three originals in the theater. And they also did it. It was She took us out of school for the day because it was only on a weekday. Nice. But yeah, it's weird that they do that because they would get so many more people to come if they did it on a weekend. I don't, I don't know, yeah. What 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 it what the fuck does marketing think? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. But it was it was it was a cool experience when your parents are like, You're gonna skip school today. You're like For yes. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't have those parents. Yeah. <laughs> My mom took me to the theater in Princeton, New Jersey to see three amigos. That was cool. Well, that explains a few yeah, things. <laughs> I didn't get all the jokes till much later. Bar- Barry, have you seen all the uh, Planet of the Games movies? I have seen exactly zero of them. Well, the new wow. ones. You've seen the new ones. The new ones, yes. But the originals. No, I never really got around I've to I've never seen, seen any of the originals None of the either. originals. Mm-hmm. I've, I've only seen Planet of the Apes. I've yeah. never seen any of the sequels of the originals. Oh, so. I love the sequels. They, I mean, uh, I think they're all great in their own way, but the original, the first one, is the seminal. I mean, that is just one of the greatest science fiction movies of the 60s. I've seen Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, where they have those weird ape masks that are green. Does that count? Yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of, a half point, half credit. Okay. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing was, is that it, I'm it not was, kidding. It was so funny because 20th Century kept approving the sequels, but they would reduce the budget. And and it, yeah, you can make it, but you get half of what you have. Exactly. <laughs> and it's sort. It's really funny because it's almost like the whole. You know, the mathematician thing of, okay, you just paint half and then paint half of the half and then paint. You never quite get to, you know, you get that asymptote and you never quite get to. Well, that happened to poor battle for the Planet of the Apes, which is the fifth one. And that puppy was so low budget. budget it just, you, it just, oh, it showed. <laughs> Oof. Did oh. they get to the point where they had to get different actors because they couldn't? No, or did they hire just actual apes? No, uh, Roddy McDowell. Yeah, really. Well, probably be uh, more expensive. Uh, Roddy yeah. McDowell. Oh. Roddy McDowell stated that he couldn't do the second one beneath because he uh, had a prior commitment, but he did all the others. Um, is it still a good story? The last one, Battle. Battle is okay. It is very much more the kid type story. Post-apocalyptic, the apes are living in tree houses, you know, and... And it was low budget, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's setting a, a good stage there for, yeah. that, for that film. And yeah. uh, the, then then they have the ruins of the city that was nuked, you know? So you have your matte paintings of the ruined city, and then when they go into the city, they're in, you know, sub-basements and maintenance tunnels of buildings, uh and you have the whole series on Blu-ray? Yes. Yes. I would like to borrow that from you. I think this is a something I need to fix. I need to watch all the apes. Holy shit. This is like a voluntary a few clock. things that you have to fix. <clears throat> You're right. This week I'll be watching Clue, so that's coming. Yay! Yay! Ah, but uh, but I, I feel that this uh I, I need to watch the other films. It's I I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting. I I ape the first one is the best. I loved Conquest because Conquest was the most in-your-face. The apes are the good guys breaking free of, uh, you know, tyrannical humans, which was the fun part for me. Uh, whenever my friends and I would play Planet of the Apes, I, I always, I, it was weird. I didn't realize it until years later, but I was the only one who wanted to be an ape. My friends wanted to be humans. So we had to concoct stories where humans and apes were working together and, you know, but it was kind of like half orcs and old D and D, right? <laughs> so, so you know, the first one, 
uh, great science fiction. The second one is so wonderfully pulpy, Todd, because there's apes and then there's humanoid mutants with psychic powers and shit in the city ruins. Uh, it's sounds kind of gamma world. Oh my god, dude! It is just wonderful. I just love that one. Humanoid but, mutants. You see, Todd, you can identify with these characters. So this is right up your ass. I need to watch this. Yeah. yeah. Escape. I need to see my people. Escape is the rough one. Because oh. the escape, uh, you really get into the, the the relationship and marriage of Cornelius and Zira, and things go really bad. And that one is hard. That's a hard one. Like hard emotionally? Yes. And then... Um, uh, conquest is the fourth, and then battle is the fifth, and you know they get progressively kid friendlier, more kid oriented, but it'll be interesting for your reaction. I also love it because Roddy McDowell is just—he's wonderful because he plays Cornelius, and then Caesar. Caesar is his son, and he's in this ape makeup that really doesn't change. But actually, the characters are distinctly different. It's actually really nicely done. He's really good at that. It was right. wonderful. So, yeah, you can definitely borrow it. Thank you. Um, I got to remember, though, because I've been loaning out stuff and forgetting. <laughs> I, I loaned <laughs> keep, out my... Keep a list. Yeah. I, I loaned out my original from the 1970s monster manual to somebody, and I can't remember who, and everyone I ask says no. So if you borrowed Kay's monster manual, give it back. Are you sure you don't have it, Barry? You can check my books, maybe. I, I, you know, I, I trust people if they say they have. I can't remember who. I have the distinct memory of the conversation. Oh, wow. Can I look at this? Yeah, sure. I don't remember and, ever wanting to look at it because I hate Thacko, so I don't know. No, 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 no. Well, uh, yeah, this is Descending Armor Class. This was... Matrix, matrices before Thacko. Oh Jesus! But it was the it was the original Monster Manual, and somebody was like, "Can I look at this?" And I was like, "Sure." And then months later, a year later, I don't know. You remember I'm, that you? I'm looking at my yeah. RPG shelf, and I'm like, "That's missing." Yeah. And I have torn apart every place it should be, over and over again. Now the only place I have yet to tear apart is what will eventually become Steve's room. So maybe I'll find it. Maybe I'm illusioning something. I don't know. Anyway. Huh. Is that the original version that has... Oh, no, I'm thinking... De yes. Uh, uh, deities and demigods. Yeah. But yeah, um, I have that too. Oh, okay. Awesome. So uh, then Steve Crosby, uh, Vernon's ex-roommate, he called me up because he's like, hey... Dude, we should commemorate Vernon's memory and go see Dial of Destiny. I got some gift cards. Let's go. And so we went. He took me. He and his wife took me to Samstown, and we watched Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So, was it enjoyable without I, giving too much away? I enjoyed it immensely. Um, Better than Crystal School. Yes. Okay. Low bar. And well, <laughs> there is that. But I like the story. I like where they went. And what they did. And Harrison Ford said in interview, I'm much more comfortable leaving Indiana Jones at the end of this movie. Than he was the last one. Yes. Good. Um, there are moments, there are moments, especially in the early bits, where the CG gets a little heavy. 
But overall, it's uh, very well done, very excitingly done. And I'm talking about some of the flashback scenes. Probably. Uh, actually, no. Really? Uh, the the action scenes in the early part of the that were CG heavy. Deb, the flashbacks, this de aging is the best you have ever seen. Wow! It is without a doubt just flawless and the best. It's never been this good. I was actually stunned watching it. There's one frame of one moment for bad guy Mads Mikkelsen where you're sort of like, ah, there it is, but that's it. Otherwise, it's seamless. It looks like it's from something they uh, shot like yes, 30 years ago. Yes, yes, yes. Why don't they just get the kid that they used for Age of Adeline? He looked exactly like Harrison Ford. Uh, dude, they don't have to now. No, they because don't. Because the technology builds with every time they use it. And, dude, they've gotten there. It's, it's, you're, when you see Gotta this. Gotta be better than Tron Legacy. That oh, like, yeah. Rough. That was like dude. the first time it was used, or yeah, one of the first times dude. it was used. Tron Shit Legacy. Um, uh, uh, Michael Douglas in Ant Man. This is this is a cut well, above all of them. Don't they do it for Samuel Jackson too? In uh, Miss, not Miss, not Captain Marvel, but I think in the new one that's yeah, running right Secret now. Secret Invasion. Yeah, I haven't watched that, but I've heard that. Yeah, well, I think good. there's a couple. So, but it it it's it's superb. It is superb. Yeah. Um, and it was really funny because you're looking at that. And then you had this action scene, and it's sort of like, meh, you know, it was fun, but it was also like, eh, well, the CG's there. Steven and I actually joked because we both said we could hear Vernon's voice in the background. Fuck CG, fuck CG, fuck CG, you know? Uh, but it was, it, it, that de-aging was amazing. Uh, Robert Downey in the, the one... Iron Man or whichever one that he did where they did the home. Oh yeah, and he was he, like a teenager back yeah, with his dad. I yeah, I mean I mean this beats it all to hell. It's really, really good. So I can't I can't stress that enough. I might be overstating it and I probably shouldn't, but I'm telling you that's the one part of visual effects you're not gonna cock your eyebrow at. Because it was good. So rank it. What the like uh, the the best to worst indie films. Uh, yeah, where's yeah. it where's it where does it go? Um, Personal feelings. No wrong answer. Oh, I see. Well, there's one wrong yeah. answer, but I know he's not going to put four first. So. Yeah, I'll put this... Uh, Before Temple of Doom? Um, yeah, that's where, I'm, that's where I would go. Because I actually like Last Crusade. Yeah, that's myself, my favorite. So, so I, have, I would be like Raiders, maybe Last Crusade, then this one, then Temple... Then uh, Crystal Skull, you know, I might do that. And I, I, I also like the story in this one. The story in this one is enjoyable. So he deals with, you know, I mean, all the, all the you can guess, Andy getting old and all that stuff. And uh, they delve into other story things that I think, I think people who like the, like the show, like this f franchise will enjoy. Of course, I've seen... Um, uh, what was that one asshole? Son of a bitch in only a couple days already had a million views. But some fuck knob was like, Indiana Jones and the betrayal of legacy. And I'm like, oh God, you guys. <laughs> they do that for clickbait, yeah. dude. And it works because this fucking had 1.1 million views. 
and he'd only been out a couple days. They yeah. do that just to piss oh, people off. And I hate that it works. Um, but I, I, I liked it. I liked him. I have liked Harrison Ford so much since Force Awakens. I don't know what the hell it is, but it seems like Force Awakens reinvigorated him yes! as an actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he just he's because because for a while it was it was like pulling teeth. He was, it and, was and yeah yeah. Wasn't there something? Because even I felt it in Crystal Skull. It was just like oh yeah. Man, it felt forced. It was very yeah, forced. and and it was just like uh, you know Harrison Ford being old and being Indiana Jones. Uh, you know. But then Force Awakens came out, and he really looked like he was enjoying yeah, himself. Yeah, he did. He did. Of Playing course, Han Solo again. Yeah. Well, yeah, and probably because he was finally getting to get him killed. You know, <laughs> that's what he wanted for a long time. Exactly. But still, he, you know, he's pretty down on re- the films he's in. Reinvigorated is, I think, a good word, Deb, because he just since then. I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed watching him in this. And I think, I think he enjoyed doing this. That kind of felt that. So that was nice. So I really did enjoy. I really thank you, Stephen, for taking me uh, to see this because it was fun. Um, we all joked that uh, Vernon would probably like it on the inside, but hate it on the outside. <laughs> oh, he'd hate it because it was made after 1987. Yeah, exactly. You know, after YouTube got a hold of him and told him all the things he needed to hate, he would hate it. But <laughs> I, and I think if you enjoy the franchise and enjoy the character, I think you're going to, I think you will enjoy this. Or so. Kirsten will give you your money back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's I not going to make that statement. I'll give you my money back because <laughs> I didn't pay for it. So that's basically what I did. I've been doing some reading too. I came across my old, remember, um, Thieves World. Oh yes, Todd. So um, I've fantasy got fantasy series. Yeah, this was this came out in the eighties, uh, early seventy, uh, late seventies, early eighties. Would it be something I would like? Um, you 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 might, because the the thing about this was like a big shared world anthology. That was its thing. Um, it was uh, they actually created this city in this world where all these various big name uh, science fiction and fantasy authors could uh, jump in and play. Oh. And the concept behind it was actually kind of cool. It, it, for me, it kind of, it kind of petered out kind of quick. Third book, I kind of, you know, they, they started developing an overarching story and things started getting linked and it sort of lost its appeal. But in the first two, the anthologies, really the whole idea was you can use someone else's character, you just can't permanently change them, kill them. And then you have all these interactions and you run across uh, adventures. And it was interesting seeing people like Paul Anderson, uh, Gordon Dixon, it was uh, big in that time. Um, A.E. Van Vocht wrote one, which he's like a weird, he's he's kind of a Philip K. Dick-esque type of writer. He's got a cool so, name. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he wrote some. Um, 
even she who should not be named, Marion Zimmer Bradley, had a character. Why should and she it, not be named? Yeah, why should oh, she not be named? Oh, boy. The uh, Penny version. The Penny version? The Miss of Avalon is a good series. After she died, it got revealed by her daughter. She was a hideously abusive human being. Ah. Like hideously. Got it. Um, uh, sexually abusive, as well as her daughter wrote a poem about how she still can't look at a bathtub today uh, without bad Yeah, things. I don't want to know about that. Yes. Yeah. So okay. it was, and it, it, I mean, it just really just like kind of shook up the whole fantasy. Like you said, because of the whole Mist of Avalon, because there was Dark Over, which was her big thing before Miss of Avalon. But Miss of Avalon was supposed to be a big breakthrough, a lot of mainstream casual readers, you know, and all that. And, and she was a kind of a big name um, in feminist, you know, second wave feminist circles, writing science fiction and fantasy. But boy, oh boy, after those revelations came out, it's bad. So anyway, um, but reading it through, I'm impressed with some of the stories. Um, some of them, they try to get a little subversive. I'm going to write a, science, a sword and sorcery story, but there's not going to be a whole lot of action and violence. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, But overall, it's interesting. It was big enough, uh, the D&D licensed it yes. for a while. Yes, it got a game license. And I think it got more than one. Yeah, they released it like Mar City of Adventure, and they re released a few modules as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and... Um, I think I think uh, it eventually moved on to another game system as well. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, but yeah, it was it was big enough for that. So and they had multiple books and actually some people. I think Janet Morris, science fiction writer, fantasy writer Janet Morris, her character actually she's just kept on writing and taking him on to other things and stuff. So so yeah, um, and it's interesting reading it after all these decades. Because it wasn't, it's like, I haven't read him since the 80s. So it's just like, oh, wow. And I remember, because I remember the dark days, Torgo. Oh, the dark days. When you had like one or two books a year. <laughs> that was like sword and sorcery. And you really had to, you really had to scrounge. Well, it was like that when I started reading too. I mean, you could get a lot of science fiction. Yes. But fantasy was. It, it was just. You know, and even after, you know, essentially uh, Donaldson and Brooks broke it all open and made it, you know, they really opened the floodgates. The type of fantasy you wanted to read could be very difficult to find. So anyway, so yeah, um, I did a lot of reading, which is actually what I love to do. Hey. So it was really funny because it was on my birthday and I watched Conquest and I was like, what else do I want to watch? Well, I want to watch Airport 75, Earthquake, you know. One of my more modern birthday favorites is uh, Fury Road. Oh, yes. But then I just ended up sitting down and reading, sitting down with a book and reading. And I enjoyed that. So, so yeah. That's my heart good. It was cool. Barry's bored. No. <laughs> which, which can only mean one thing. Deb, what time is it? News you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Boo! No, Yay! No. Boo! <laughs> Yay! All right. Make Barry frown. <clears throat> oh wow, that was easy. <laughs> 
Gaming giant Valve has responded to reports that it is rejecting games from Steam that contain content created with artificial intelligence. Specifically, some developers have reported that Valve is blocking games from Steam if the developers cannot prove that they have the underlying asset rights. Ah, it's a rights thing. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Valve said it believes AI will have a role to play in the future of game development. At the same time, Valve said the legal uncertainty surrounding AI might prove to be a sticking point in the near future as AI evolves. We're continuing to learn about AI, the ways it can be used in game development, and how to factor it into our process for reviewing games submitted for distribution on Steam. Our priority is always is to try to ship as many of the titles we, uh, we receive as we can, but the introduction of AI can sometimes make it harder to show a developer has sufficient rights in using AI to create assets, including images, text, and music. So in particular, there is some legal uncertainty related to data used to train those models, and it's the, de the developer's responsibility to make sure that they have the appropriate rights so that the AI isn't stealing too much of someone's actual image that they have made to create something else that they're using and saying that they have the rights to use in their game. When it comes down to it, that's really the only problem I have with AI. Yeah. Is, is that... Because it's borrowing from other things. Yeah, yes. using things using things to program it basically without right. that creator's permission. Right. That's really it. So Valve said that obviously AI is constantly evolving. It's constantly improving and it's changing all the time. Um, and it's not attempting to discourage the use of it. In fact, Valve said it is now working through how to incorporate it into its existing review policies, um, which means for now games could be blocked, but they are working on their policies. Um, the other problem is copyright law. Yeah. So copyright law needs to be rewritten to add in the potential, you know, with AI and what it can happen. Mm. Um, the laws and policies evolve over time, and so will our process. We welcome and encourage innovation, and AI, te AI technology is bound to create new and exciting experiences in gaming. While developers can use their technologies in their work and appropriate commercial licenses, they cannot infringe on existing copyrights. And I do think... And, and I don't mean when I bring up copywriting that it should get less stringent. Obviously, I think it shouldn't because people should have credit for what they have done. Um, but I do think AI needs to be built with code that limits what it can and can't borrow. Like how much of a picture is okay versus this is the line that once you've crossed it, now you have a copyright infringement because it's someone else's work that you're not paying for. Isn't there an actual percentage... Um for fair use so music is a big thing that comes up a lot yeah where you know a lot of artists will sue other artists because a new song they made the chords are too similar to something right. else or their chords vanilla or whatever. ice dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, so, well that's sampling dun, 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 too i know so i know yeah, music yeah. has those specific yeah i don't i don't know about other forms of art copyright information i think there is something in there it'd be great if aaron esquire were to <laughs> Dude, that's but, so weird. She just texted me. Oh, wow. Completely unrelated. Wow. That's weird. Dude. Wow. I, th I think my favorite thing, the favorite story I heard with the music copyright was uh, when uh, Shakira released Underneath Your Clothes, that song, and the Bangles sued her for uh, the fact that it sounded just like Eternal Flame. Oh. Right? And they had a good case going. Until they found out that this the publisher was the same publisher they had, so actually the publisher owned the rights to both songs. 
Interesting. Yep. So they had to drop the case because. Oh, that sucks. Yes. Yeah. That. Oh, sure. I'd be so that pissed. Sense. And that that's that's the uh, that's the point there too. I think Todd is. You know what? We will get a law for copyright and AI as soon as the big corporations decide how they want that law written. Right. <laughs> that's exactly you know? what it is. If yeah. you think about it, uh, everyone's all up in arms about AI. Oh, boohoo! AI, whatever. I I'm a huge fan of AI when it's done uh, in a way that makes something good but the prop here's one of the problems this isn't it though one of the problems is that right now everyone has access to unreal engine anyone can anyone with a little know-how can make a game i mean literally anyone um hell there's game construction sets it's like the bill budge pinball construction set out there i wish they would remake that um oh my god uh, anyone can make a game, and anyone does. There's so many crappy games out mm, there, mm. and AI and things like Midjourney and whatever the music ones and the video ones are make it easier for shitty developers to make shittier games, mm. and that's a problem because then Steam is filled with crap, and they don't want that. Oh, and but Steam and, Steam does review all the submissions to them. Yeah, they do, but then they're gonna have to review a lot more garbage. Well, and and I'm sure they're doing that. So right now, the article goes on to talk about how right now um, Steam, which usually doesn't, you have to submit an application for review to try and get your game posted on Steam. Yeah. And you pay you pay a fee for them to like spend the time reviewing your game and your submission. I should. For the time being, they are giving refunds of those payments, which is not something that they have ever historically done. Well, they if it's related to issues with AI and potential copyright problems, I don't blame Hmm. them. they want to avoid the lawsuit. I mean, they don't need that. Just as soon, just get a get a triple A game or something better because there's well, enough people out there who don't like it. It's like, it's great. We'll just right. we'll just we'll just stay above board, which they should do. Now, when they're saying that includes music, music obviously you always have to have original stuff. Uh, now, whether it's you know the as close as Vanilla Ice's hook as was to you know under pressure. Uh, and that's a real close. Well, one. yeah, but it's that's, not close. It is like that's that's sam- how many times I've heard it, and I'm like, no, that's Vanilla yeah, Ice. There's a couple more. There's a couple more notes. Th- there's sampling. Same. That's sampling, and that's also pre because it's like '92 was the law, and they actually established they they basically grandfathered sampling in, but it it n- now versus then is legally different. So that that's not going to be like that case. I think the hard part is is images, and that's. Images is really where it gets bad because you put a person in a room and you put the, we'll just say an AI and a robot body just for funsies in a room and you teach both of them how to make art. What do you, how do you teach a human how to make art? You show them lots of art, lots of different styles, Mm -hmm. lots of techniques. You do the same thing technically with a computer. Uh, So what's. And most artists go through their. Uh, imitation, the, yeah, the imitation phase, phase, phase yeah. you know, where they're reproducing the people that inspire them. Yeah, writers so, too. One of the big problems is going to be they're they're already discovered. Hell, Amy Schumer's her whole <laughs> career is the mimicry. <laughs> is um, she sucks. Uh, AI using AI stuff to train off of, and they say that they're starting to see more and more of that. 
where AI is, you know, just going out into the net for whatever, and they're pulling up a lot, a lot of AI stuff. And so you're going to, I think you're going to hit that multiplicity effect of the copy of the copy of the copy. Sure. Where you're, it's really going to blur. Well, when it comes to a lot of text AI, I've seen is a race to mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm working marketing and everyone's like, oh, you know, are we gonna, is AI going to replace us? Dude, no. <laughs> Not anytime soon because customers don't know what the hell they want and you can't tell a computer kind of half-assed what you want or it'll spit out a half-assed answer and, it, and you can tell the difference. Well, yeah, and sometimes right. those chat responses sound like, it's almost like someone who has learned English as a second language trying to write it down for the first time because yeah. the words, the sentences don't quite make sense and the structure's off and like you it just, can, you can or tell. Or those, those translation games where you take something, translate it into into X, you take Y, translate it into X, and then you translate X back into Y and it's just like, gobbled yikes, it's weird, you know? Yeah. And you know, it'll happen. And and also there's, when, when AI's wrong, like the the lawyer dude. Oh yeah, the lawyer guy who he submitted a brief. Did you did you guys know this? Did we cover this story? I don't believe oh. we covered it. No, but I heard this story. Yeah, the, this yeah. lawyer submitted a brief where he was citing his case in his case before the judge, citing uh, cases and and case history and stuff like that that he had picked up from ChatGPT, which ChatGPT had made up, invented. Stuff that was non-existent. Why would he use ChatGPT? Because he's lazy. <laughs> yeah. And how? Now, uh, we have our job. We uh, we have writers write social media content, just just content in general. Um, some of it's very technical for for some of the clients that we have. Uh, if you think our writers aren't using ChatGPT, you sadly mistaken. We are using it to make outlines of kind of. List five things to that get you we started when you like can't get past your brain block. Or oh whatever, yeah, you don't want to sit there staring at a blank piece of paper. You you need a you need a kickstarter. Like, all right, just give me a potential. Give me a few potential outlines. Give me a potential uh, explanation of point three. Da, 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 da. And then ChatGPT will slowly massage the words into something that you can take and make your own and make it right. And if you think uh, game developers aren't using this, you're sadly mistaken. Including in code, because it can write code that you can test, and it will kind of work. It, it, it does help. Uh, as for images, it can give you ideas for what to draw on your own, I guess. Um, but in the end, a human is still going to copy someone else's style, whether it's cartoon or realism or blah, 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 but whatever it is. And the problem is that there's some AI right now, like Midjourney... Uh, some of its early iterations tended to copy almost exactly some things that are out there. That's going to get better. It's just a dumb program right now. It's it's going to get better very quickly, and this whole problem will go away. But people are still going to bitch like, oh, did you learn off of my art? No, may probably not. I mean, maybe, but you know what? So did I. So did everyone else who put pen to paper. Legislate that. I don't know what to tell you. Embrace AI or get out of the way. There is a point though. Or where, set it on fire. That's also an option. Yeah, I like that. Well, yeah, too. don't give it the fucking nuclear codes, but yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But stopping it from getting them themselves. I like my option best. Yeah. Eh. News you don't give a shit about. Oh my goodness. We need an AI podcast person. No, no, we don't. No. I don't know what you are talking about. 
That's not funny. That's that's just a bad robot. What are you yeah. doing? I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a horrible robot. He's doing the whole arm and weird he movement thing. He is. He's about geeky things. He, he lost half of his joints. <laughs> Today I watched Star Wars. He's flailing around like the robot in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the old BBC version. Oh, is this Vlarg GPT? Yes. Yes. I hate Kirsten. He is a big doo doo head. News you don't give a shit about. (laughs) See all that wrong information they come up with? Uh Doo doo head. That's you. In the final scene of Back to the Future, Marty hops into the passenger seat, Doc Brown's DeLorean, and sets out for parts and times unknown. We didn't know what that adventure would be yet, but we, we know it was going to be wild because Doc Brown flipped down his retro-style sunglasses and the DeLorean took off into the air. Oh, yeah. When we came back for the Surprise. sequel, yes, they had arrived in the distant future of 2015 where kids ride hoverboards, adults drive flying cars, and they're still making Jaws movies. Sadly, 2015 came and we still have no flying cars. We didn't have the Jaws movie. We got the Meg. Until now... <laughs> A company that started in 2015 has built their first full-size prototype of a flying car in 2019, and they've been testing it for the last four years. They finally have received special airworthy certification from the FAA, so they can actually start test flights on this flying car. The certification allows them to run wait, wait, road. Wait, wait. I just want to. <laughs> yeah, I want the yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. to know she just kind of did this little mini shake dance when she said it's that. Like a happy dance thing. I'm and never getting in that fucking car with oh you. My God, I was. Ab- so cool. I was about to say if you've ever been in a car while Deb is driving. I you, love driving. You're not. I love driving. You may not be as excited about this story. <laughs> I am. Nope. I'll walk. So this. A FAA certificate allows them to run road and flight tests in limited locations and for limited purposes. Um, Aleph, Aleph is the company that, Aleph Aeronautics is the company that made this car that started in 2015. Um, they also need to meet National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration standards before their vehicle can be offered publicly, which they have started taking, you know, uh, essentially interest bids for for their cars so the company set out to meet three criteria when they first started first it had to be a car so they didn't want this flying car to look like an airplane like some of the models out there do they look more like airplanes or little like flying pods they wanted it to look like a car that meant it had to look like a car and be capable of operating on actual current today roads and parking in parking lots second it had to be capable of vertical takeoff and landing Oh, wow. Yes. Otherwise, Alif suggests you have a specialized aircraft and not a flying car. Aha. And finally, it had to be affordable to more than just the Uber rich. (laughs) (laughs) That was their third thing. So currently, they have the Model A, the vehicle, which is the one that has received the FAA approval for flight tests. It is totally electric and capable of going a couple hundred miles on a full charge. It's a low-speed ground vehicle. So generally speaking, its main purpose is flying. It has minimal speed capacity for road driving right now. It can only go 25 miles per hour. Whoa. Because its engines are built for flying. Okay. No, okay. so it's a city car. That's so, perfect. So is, it, is 25 miles per hour perfect for a city car? It you is, ever been stuck in traffic, it dude? It is if you're driving with Deb. <laughs> That's like crawling. That's not even, you're not even pushing on the gas and you're going 25 miles well, an hour. Well, if you're going around like downtown or something, I wouldn't get on the highway with that, but. Right. You're just zipping around town, picking up a couple groceries. You get stuck in traffic. Like, 
Okay, tell me, any of you haven't done this, because I do it all the time. Well, I used to when I drove a lot. Uh, I'd be in traffic, and I'd be stuck, and it sucks. And I'll just pull back on my wheel, hoping maybe magically my car's been a flying car all this time. Nope, it never is. <laughs> but that's what you do. You say, oh, I'm stuck in traffic? Fuck this. I'll go up. Yes. Done. And you'll be the only one doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Until everyone else gets one, yep. and then we'll have... Oh, that's a terrible <laughs> yeah. time. And to then, you're gonna have, then you're going to have then you're going to have Deb lane weaving through all those flying cars. <laughs> <laughs> like up and down and Oh yeah, yeah. three-dimensional lane weaving. Yep. Be awesome. <laughs> oh, oh can you imagine road rage? People dropping their big gulp out down on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn motherfucker. Yeah. So the current driving range of this of this car tops out at roughly 200 miles. Um, and you okay. can get about 110 flying miles on it right now. So the vehicle, to be able to fly, obviously, it's comprised of a solid mesh frame. Um, it has special internal rotors that they've created. And then they have this uh, gimbaled compartment, which makes the, the part where you sit essentially like remain stable and comfortable while things are jostling around and moving around and you're getting up to altitude and those types of things. Um, and they have built in top-of-the-line safety protocols into the vehicle as well. I'm very curious about those. Yeah. It also has Power obstacle. lines are a thing. Well, you know? I would say that modern advancements for normal vehicles have helped greatly with the potential flying cars because now you have obstacle detection, which all, like my car came standard with it. I didn't even have to pay extra. It comes, it comes with lane assist. It comes with obstacle detection. My current vehicle, if the car in front of me stops suddenly, my car will, like, it'll beep at me very loudly and it'll also press on the brakes for me. Like, it'll break for me if I'm unable to react fast enough. So all of these types of safety features have helped with the development of the flying vehicle. You think they'll have highways? They, they'll... I mean, they would have to completely redesign how that functions because you'd have to keep flying cars out of airspace for airplanes well, and things. Yeah. So they would have to create a whole process for you to be able to fly normally to and from normal existing current locations. Well, they, they, could, they could build that into the to safety protocols very easily say all cars have to adhere to whatever safety protocol that says if you get within x number of miles of a restricted airspace it won't let you well, go no, that way they have to create all new traffic laws for flying vehicles you can't just take current you know almost two-dimensional car laws that you know you can't yeah, go barry through right. the ground you got a right? signal down you big doo-doo head <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of the interesting things I noticed only on like the fourth or fifth viewing of Blade Runner was when uh, James Olmos is taking Harrison Ford to the chief to talk the first time. They launch, and then he does this environment purge where he gets out of the system so he can drive on his own. So it's sort of like the cars, you you if you did fly... You instantly were in like this kind of autopilot. Yeah, an autopilot that's sort of directed by a master, you know, control tower. I don't mind that track. at all because there's some shitty drivers out there. Well, yeah. Give them three dimensions, dude. Oh Problems. yeah, no. I mean, that's the big thing. Yeah. Flying cars is exciting. Until you really think about it, you know, <laughs> and then flying over my house. Yes, dude. Yeah, crashing into people's houses. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, right, uh, kids, kid, you know, check your mirrors, folks. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. So, so 
They have met the first two of their criteria. The okay. third, which is affordability, they haven't quite gotten to <laughs> no, yet. Imagine, imagine no that. shit. <laughs> so currently, the Model A is available for pre-order. Is it? Um, Take with, a guess. Yes. The current estimated retail cost. How much uh, do you think? So if uh, going with the idea they want, they eventually want it to be affordable. So it's not affordable yet, Dude. but they but they're like, aiming you know, for it. Tesla when the first right. Tesla came out, two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Two, yeah, I want I want to go three hundred. Uh, I'll Let's go one eighty. Three hundred thousand. Boom! You, that you, means you, I get a free one. You saw it? <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I thought you were going to go three three hundred thousand and one, and I was going to come across this table. <laughs> Shit! I should have done that. No, because you would have lost. You would have been over. So they do hope with their next model, the Model Z, if they plan four-person sedan. Z? Yes, the Model Z. They went from Model A to Model Z. Don't ask me why. What the fuck? You can't go backward. They're choosing to. That's a, it's their own I car that's company. that's forward. Yeah, yeah. But this car, this four-person sedan. 25? No. It is launching in 2035, and their hope is that at that time, it'll be $35,000. So, you know, this, it's decisions like this that'll eventually be it lead to being called the Air Car X1S. Yeah, maybe. You know, a Series wait, S, wait, a wait, Series wait, 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 X, wait, 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 yeah, the Series 360. They wanted to launch a minivan for $35,000. You a, can't get one no. now for $35,000. I didn't say a minivan. <laughs> What'd you say? She didn't a say A four-person sedan. Yeah. Sedan. You can barely get one of those now for 35000 They no. want to wait in 10 years. A sedan. Years. A four-car person. Four. You can get one of those for like $10,000 right now, dude. A good one? New? They, don't Base give me that model. look. Base model everything. Base model. Like the kind you pedal with your feet? Like Fred Flintstone, maybe? <laughs> Cars are expensive. And they think the car prices are going to be thirty five grand for a four-person sedan? That flies? In 10 years? <laughs> Bullshit, I say. 12 years. <laughs> Boy, you can tell Barry didn't attend that marketing meeting. Uh, indeed. He sounded like Andy eating. Yes, he did. <laughs> the Model A is currently, like I said, taking pre-orders. You can get on the list for just $150 down if you want to. 150 Barry. Yeah. I can... was tempted to get on the list for the new DeLorean, but I couldn't afford that either. Yeah. Strange. If you want to what? drop Looks good. 1500 down, no. you can be put on the priority waiting Come list. Come on, Barry. This is some Kickstarter bullshit. No. <laughs> the delivery of the Model A for the first cars is supposed is planned for 2025. They're not far off from delivery. Yeah, and I'll also get on the Alpha for Star Citizen. Eat shit. Yeah, I think the problem. So the problem right now is these people are going to have this car won't be able to do anything with it because they won't be able to fly. Because they Without, won't be allowed legally. Right, right. Until they completely change <laughs> traffic laws. Live in the country and just go <laughs> flying around your farm or whatever. But even then, you'd probably get the local police officer come. Paul, were you flying your car again <laughs> yesterday? Earl, I'm afraid you're going to have to come down here. <laughs> you're spooking the cows. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Warner Brothers is embracing AI to help them decide what movies they are going to make. <laughs> what? Yes. Warner Brothers Pictures and Cinelytic have signed a deal to use Cinelytic's AI-driven project management system. Through this system, the studio will leverage the system's comprehensive data and predictive ana and analytics to guide decision-making at the greenlit stage. 
<laughs> the way this AI- is looking familiar to something else. Yes. AI's going to green light movies? Yes. Whoa. The integrated online platform can assess the value of a star in any territory and how much a film is expected to make in theaters and on other ancillary streets. This is HSX. Yes, it is. This is Hollywood Stock Exchange. <laughs> it's going to use Hollywood Stock Exchange and old episodes of uh, Geek Shock <laughs> to see which things they should red light or green light. That's what's happening. I'm suing. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias Quizzer, the founder of Synalytic. Who? Uh, Tobias Quizzer. 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 Q U E I S S E R. Quizzer. Quizzer. You have to say it like that. No, because that would imply there's an I E R at the end. Quizzer. Anyway. This company was launched four years ago and raised $2.25 million in 2018 from TNB Media Global while signing deals with Ingenious Media and Productivity Media. Okay, so there's some money. So they said the system can calculate in seconds what used to take days to assess by a human when it comes to general film package of um, evaluation or a star's worth. The people really running running Hollywood aren't there. Aren't, the people really running Hollywood aren't the creative people. They're the bean counters. Well, now it looks like those bean counters are quickly going to be obsolete. However, regardless of whether it's humans or AI crunching the numbers, this is still in the process of the filmmaking industry that hurts the filmmakers and the projects that they make. So not much will change other than the process of greenlighting or killing projects will happen at a faster rate and won't have any human interaction. Ah, I, I feel icky about this story. I feel icky. Not, yep. What's that word? We don't have a word yet. Ooh. <laughs> Just icky. Ickflervergen. Yeah, see, this one's a different one. I don't know how oh, I feel yeah, about it, it but I definitely feel icky about okay. it. Okay. So uh, this is the, the negative version of it. That's kind of how Not I feel about one. cherry flavor. Yeah? yeah? Oh, icky? A little icky with it. Yeah, see, yeah. I wasn't icky with it. I was just like, I don't I don't know. But either way, I don't want AI to decide that. No, no. I want us to decide that. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Hmm. Do have anything else? That's all. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend Geek! Hey! What is your deal? Why can't you be happy for good things? He was yay for news you don't give a shit about. Yeah. Of course he was. That's right. He's a contrarian. Yes. Are you agreeing? (laughs) Yes. Director yes. Denis Villeneuve has teased in the past that he has a third Dune in mind that he was thinking of making. Sounds like now he's going to make it. Deadlines reported that Dune Part 2 would be the second movie in a planned three-film saga. Villeneuve, pre- pre- uh-huh. Villeneuve <laughs> yeah, previously yeah. discussed his plans for a third movie, saying there's, there is Dune's second book, The Messiah of Dune, which could make an extraordinary film. I always saw that there could be a trilogy. After that, we'll see years of work. I can't think of really going further than that, unquote. Uh, he's also developing a Dune, the Sisterhood series for Max. Uh, Dune Part 2 will arrive in theaters November 3rd, 2023. Is the Sisterhood going to be based on anything or no? Uh, there, I, My understanding, he's fleshing it out based on the books. Hmm. Most likely, I'm going to guess the Brian Herbert books is my guess. Yeah, see, I didn't read them all. I, I read the first like two or three, and then I got then it got weird. Dune gets weird. Well, mm-hmm. That's like um, Ender's Game, too. Oh, Ender's Game gets super weird. Yeah. And not as fun as the first book. Right. Yeah, no, same thing Same thing with Dune, I think. I don't know. What do you think, Kay? You're a more avid reader than I am. 
Yes. <laughs> I think that means he either hasn't read it or he hasn't or read it. Or he's just so being a jerk. K, K passes for power. I, uh. <laughs> yeah. Asshole. Dude, I, look it up on, like, YouTube. There's lots of people who talk about, like, the, the history of Dune, and yeah. they'll put it in a nutshell. And the first couple of books, you're like, okay, great. There's a good story here. And we know that Messiah Dune works because I saw it on the sci fi series, like, 20 years ago. And it was decent. And I know they could remake that in a way that would be good, even for modern audiences. Villeneuve could totally do good stuff with it. Past that, there's lots of material to work with. God Emperor? Boom! <laughs> it gets crazy it does, pants. It does get crazy. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's gonna be that's gonna be some weird shit. But you know, I'm not I'm not digging on Dune because there's a lot of stuff you let it go on too long in books and let the writer go and they just lose their shit. Even even King is is, is uh, susceptible to that. <gasps> <gasps> Explain yourself, sir. Yes. How, how is King susceptible? Do tell. Do you mean Stephen to King? Herber- to Herbertism? <laughs> yes. But most of his stories are standalone stories. Yeah. yeah but it's some... not the same. Uh, yeah. It's not the same. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not the same. Uh, once again, Barry knows nothing about what he's talking about. It. Yes, the, the it's a standalone book. series. Yeah. It is not the same. <laughs> Nowhere near the same, dude. When they come back, the uh, not the same. <laughs> Dead lights. What the fuck is up? It was fine for a minute. <laughs> and the turtles. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Go ahead if you want to keep burying. That's all right. <laughs> Oh, my God! No, get Dune, off my grass. That's what he's getting <laughs> to right there. Dune did get did get super super weird, and that was when uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Brian's his son. What uh, Herbert's Brian. Frank Herbert. Frank, thank you. Uh, Frank Herbert was still writing it, and it was it, it started getting some fucking weird. And then Brian took over, and he's like, "Yeah, well, you know." That's where it was going. Yeah. Why as well go there? Dad's doing it. I'll do it. All right. Time um, to take some peyote and write. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, my God. Um, so, I, it, whew. it's kind of funny, too, because a lot of the... Dune has a lot of, uh, you know, what I call the, the Boba Fett effect, where you do the backstory, and a lot of that old backstory and history and lore can sometimes be even more interesting than what you what you're working with, and you know, like the Butlerian jihad and stuff yes. like that. There, there's stuff that happens long before Dune that it, I, I, I'd watch that. I'd look, I'd look for that shit. The reason why there are no robots in Dune. Yeah, and but you know, then uh, you want to talk about somebody evolving into a giant sandworm, and. I'm sorry. What? what? God Emperor of Dune. That, that, that's 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 sort of how God Emperor of Dune goes. Yeah, I I won't say anything more except yeah. Wow. That sort of thing. Yeah. Got it. It gets it gets weird because you have Dune Messiah, Children of Dune, which is uh, Paul and uh, what's her name's kids. Um, Sony. A lot of people, a lot of old school sci-fi people I talk to. That's kind of where it ends, you know. Children is probably. I think that's where my parents, because my parents read a lot of science fiction, and that's how I, I mean, that's how I kind of got started reading it. And my dad loved the Dune novels, yeah. And that's the last one I remember seeing on his shelf mm-hmm. was Children of Dune. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people. Yeah, we don't speak so. about God Emperor. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the Highlander <laughs> two of uh, Dune. No, no, 
It's worse, <laughs> apparently. It's, yeah, it, it's crazy. It doesn't even get a mention. It, it doesn't wacky. exist. But anyway, I just, where the hell were we going with this? It's bad. I don't know. Villeneuve doing it. Villeneuve doing a, basically um, Dune Messiah. I mean, so. Yeah, I don't know. Be cool. The yeah, movie, I, like I have not read the books myself, but this second film is still the first novel, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So, I, I mean, I. Which is so funny, so too, because, you know, Dune is a 60s novel. It's not one of the modern day bullet stoppers, you know? It's like, it's, 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 but, it's actually slim by our standards. Right, but the content... It's dense. I mean, so, you know, I've watched all the previous versions with Barry before, and I am glad that they separated it into two films. Oh, yeah, I give her the full, long-ass version yeah, I, of Dune. I, I fell asleep once. It's fine. That's why I don't like her very There's much. There's a reason why the full, long-ass version, even David Lynch doesn't recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad they broke it up into two films, because mm-hmm. I do think the story, there's enough story, it needs to be two separate films, because if you try to squish it into one, you're either missing tons of the story... Or you're making something that's like ridiculous to watch. Like, you know, back in the day where they had to, we are taking an intermission because we have to switch the film reel because the movie is so long. Yeah. Or back when they released Dune, they, I'm not kidding, they gave people a glossary. When you watched the movie? Yes. They handed it to you in the movie theater. How the hell are you supposed to read that? That's a good question. I I still wonder that. Glow in the dark. (laughs) Back in the day when there was no cell phones either. So how the hell are you supposed to watch that? I don't know. I mean, read that. But yeah. but even so, even with the, the Lynch version and this new version, maybe part two touches on it, but it still leaves a whole hell of a lot of stuff out. Yeah. Like the gladiatorial pits on Giddy Prime. Ah. The Harkonnens. Is that part bat- of book one? It's part of book one. I've never heard it's, of it. It's uh, what pretty much tells the whole story of Fade Routha, the sting part. Oh, that character that just shows up. Where, and- where, yeah, where his whole thing comes from. Ah, huh. Interesting. Yeah, Sting was wasted in that first movie. He was like, yeah, all right, he, here's he, Sting. He was, on, he was on so much cocaine. <laughs> Dude, that was so Like, wasted. I'm getting a paycheck. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. Roland Emmerich. Wait a minute. Oh, no. I never asked you this before. <laughs> uh, in Dune, didn't Sting look kind of like Vivian from The Young Ones? Yeah. He's always kind of looked like Vivian from The Young Ones. What's yeah. The Young Ones? No, not Vivian. <laughs> With the red hair and the and the uh, and the stars in his head. Okay, maybe maybe I give you a little bit of Vivian. I don't know. I, I don't. I got strong Vivian vibes. <laughs> Look it up. Vivian vibes. Maybe if it took Sting and mixed him with a killer clown from outer space, then you got a Vivian. Okay, there you go. Okay. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that, see, yeah. see, see, yeah, yeah. See? Google that shit, And kids. it looks a lot like Roland Emmerich, who... Uh, <laughs> it's a weird transition. <laughs> that's the guy who did Independence Day, among other yeah. films. But that's Godzilla? what everyone, everyone remembers him for. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes him for Independence Smith, Day. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, has teamed up with... And I, frankly, I think you probably did the second one, too. Has teamed up with Jerome Wu, who worked on World of Warcraft, for an epic new sci-fi space opera called Space Nation. The franchise is being developed as a TV series, a video game, and a series of animated shorts. Mm. Uh, Space Nation will launch as, quote, a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. We all love those. Out. Where players assume the roles of ship captains embarking on an epic journey to unravel the mysteries of the Telios Cluster and immersive, immerse themselves in the unfolding grand a space opera, unquote. How much is the lifetime membership? I 
I, I'll let you know. <laughs> Is this like defiance? Remember that? Uh, the story said, set in a universe inhabited by alien species driven by three main factions with distinct ideologies and goals. Uh, the online game's alpha test will launch August 2023, so that's coming soon, and is set for a commercial launch in the second quarter of 2024. Uh, that game will be followed by the TV series, animated shorts, as well as spin-off games. Uh, Emmerich and Wu are also working on the project with Tony Tang, who worked on the online game Warframe. Stop, stop laughing. <laughs> stop laughing, Kay. <laughs> That's a real name, Kay. <laughs> sure it is. Warframe and uh, Marco Weber, who was a producer on Emmerich's 1999 sci-fi film The 13th Floor. Uh, the project launched with a $50 million budget. Emrick said that in a statement, quote, Hollywood's increasing interest in video games reflects a wider recognition of gaming's popularity and storytelling potential. The expansive universe we're building in Space Nation is a tremendous opportunity to captivating audiences wherever they consume entertainment and innovative new forms of storytelling, unquote. So, What's coming first? The game. The game is coming mm. first. But in That's, alpha, you said. Yes. On 20, well, it releases in 2024 and it'll still come before the TV show. There's a lot of stuff that's dependent on that game being good. A lot. And an MMO in these days, that's a rough, rough road to haul. But more power to them. The problem with with games first is that you can tell hours and hours of deep story in a game where you boil that down into a movie or a TV. Or is it a movie or a TV TV series? TV series. Even a TV series. It's rough. Especially with an MMO. Oh, dude. I mm, uh, Just. Mm. Greta Gerwig. Uh, she's the director behind Barbie and also Little Women. Has committed to writing and directing two movies based on C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia I for Netflix. Uh, Netflix announced its plan to adapt these Narnia fantasy novels back in 2018, saying, quote, Netflix will develop classic stories from across the Narnia universe into series and films. All series and films produced through the deal will be Netflix productions with Mark Gordon of Entertainment One, E1, who own all this stuff now. In total, the Narnia books have sold more than 100 million copies and translated more than 47 languages worldwide. The deal marks the first time that the rights to the entire seven books of the Narnia universe have been held by the same company, unquote. And Gerwig's next movie, Barbie, hits the theaters on July 21st. So uh, another stab at the Narnias. I mean, I was okay with the ones that Disney did. Um, the two, because they did the first two, and then the third was Fox, I believe. Okay. Uh, the Dawn Treader, the ship story prince caspian is the second one that disney did um i enjoyed those um they came out what was it early 2000s late 90s early 2000s i think yeah mid 2000s yeah um i mean those books are those books are young adult aimed at children sure intending to teach them christian morality christian morality and about god through fantasy so i mean they're fine books um and I don't think Disney did a bad job. I kind of wish, though, that they... I think part of the problem was they came out right before fantasies had started really getting popular. Because fantasy is a lot more popular now than it was. And I think a lot of that has to do with the caliber of CG in films and being able to do and tell more stories in a way that people realistically think they're really looking at what they're looking at. And... Um, so I think that was part of their problem. But, it, I mean, they're, they're kids' books. 
They yes. are books written for children. They're not for adults. So it's a little harder to, you know, hit the adult audience with some of those. They're hitting mostly for nostalgia for the adults. Right. If I, they I, read I, them. I read these books as a kid. Now these have shown my kids the movie because they won't read the books. Damn it, I gave it to them years ago, and they just won't crack them. I even gave the 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 whole – I shouldn't have given them the big treasury, the one that's all the books in one thick thing that's kind of imposing. So instead I bought my kids the, the first three books, and they just won't touch them. So movies, that's what they do. But we'll see. I guess the rebooting for a younger, newer audience is – for those types, of, I'm not mad about the fact that it's only been like 20 years. It's not. I think it's yeah. fine for this film oh, franchise. Sure. It's not like it was a huge thing in everybody's memory. Right. I, th- I think the best thing that came out of that uh, was the memes. No, the 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 rap from Saturday Night Live. I think that's the best thing that came out of those. <laughs> yeah. We watched the Chronic. What Coles of Narnica? Yeah, that Narnia. That okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with that. They weren't for me. Warner Brothers has revealed a new podcast series titled The Flash, Escape the Midnight Circus. This is a scripted audio drama starring Max Greenfield from New Girl in the role of The Flash, and it's said to be a companion piece to the film currently in theaters. It's a six-part podcast with episodes ranging from 12 minutes to around 20. Uh, Here's a full synopsis that was shared. Barry Allen is at the height of his powers and fame, firmly ensconced as Central City's favorite superhero. But when being the Flash forces him to let Iris down one too many times, she decides to call it quits. Undeterred, Barry figures he can use some of the speed force to go back in time, set things right. But something goes wrong, of course, and Barry stumbles into a new dimension, finding himself in a small bedroom with Captain Cold. Sexy. His power's gone. Cold Cold tells Barry. (laughs) That's a fun thing to say right now. Cold tells Barry that he is an unwitting participant in a televised tournament, the Midnight Circus, which pits human superheroes and rogues against one another in life-or-death games of chance. Survive the competition and Barry earns his freedom, recreate the conditions of his original transformation and returns to his own timeline. But to do so, he'll have to rely solely on his wits. And if that wasn't hard enough, he soon finds himself facing his toughest opponent yet, Iris West. Unquote. Uh, first two parts of the podcast will be released on Monday, July 10th, exclusively on Apple Podcasts, with the remaining episodes dropping weekly on each subsequent Monday. All six episodes will also be included with The Flash on digital, 4K, UHD, and Blu-ray uh, whenever it's released on home physical media. A, that sounds lame as fuck. And B, why is it a podcast? That Technically, that's called an audiobook. It's releasing. an audio drama. Okay. But since they're releasing on Apple Podcasts... As a, right, but some of those podcasts are dramas. Yeah. They are fiction written. No, I mean, this like podcast us. is a drama every time you're on it, Barry. Oh, and that the goddamn truth. Yeah. You shut your dirty mouth. You know... It's, I'm a delight! That lets down Iris one too many times. I mean, What's the connection to the movie? That's the CW-verse. Yeah, that is the CW-verse. That's a CW episode. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I'm like, they've done a whole nine seasons yes. of that show. Yeah. <laughs> the entire season. Nine times. <laughs> Dear Lord. I let down Iris. I let down the one I love. Iris is stuck in the mirror universe because of me. Meh. You're not selling me on the show. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I'm yeah. not. It, it gets to a point where it gets very repetitive. 
Oh, you mean the the Flash TV the show? Yes, yeah, oh. show. How much of it have you seen? Uh, none of it. Oh boy, I tried an episode, dude. No, no. Yeah, yeah that's not for Barry. Watch no. the first season. It and, seems like Barry would be for Barry. You know, it, I think it's jealousy, dude. It, <laughs> it it's crazy because it's like a CW trope. You know, the whole Arrowverse. I promise you, I'll never lie to you again. I've learned. And then next episode. And then next episode, they lie to them again. Yes. You know, it's like Flash is a lot like that. Okay. I'll never let Which you down. I don't give Still a shit if that. there's a hero with my name. I don't care. That's every other Barry I've met. I'm going to let you on yeah. a little secret, Barry. They don't care either. Yeah. I know. Yeah, well. It, you, know what, you know what the hero named Barry has said? What's that? I've never met another Barry that was a hero. No, that's true. And, and then he <laughs> points to Barry. Well, it's Barry White. No, the I'm singer? talking about you. The singer Barry White? Yeah. He's he, cool. He's, he's not an actor. He's jealous of Barry White's what, is that, what yeah, he's saying. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Well, yeah, because he has a very deep, sexy voice. Yeah. <laughs> not the same, Barry. <laughs> wow. Why are you disappointed with Barry? Write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. You can eat a bag of shit. <laughs> 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 And I want to thank our tier one members, Sir Chomps, Hylian Scoop, Chad Sir Wilson, Ambivalent Hoax, Richard Bruins, Scoopatron, Scoopatron, Mandy, Sour Matty D, Jacob Flora, Multiverse Tonight, Scully, Mr. Dumbledays, Froyog Soft Serve, Gil, Matthew Bates, Earth 7, John B., Dig McSmigs, and Mr. Sticky Pants. And of course. I can't say Mr. Sticky Pants in that. That's. Okay, I'll try it again. Go for it. Mr. Sticky Pants. Oh, that sounds dirty. <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty. Well, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> and our tier four members, Deb T, David Farrar, J.R. Conkle, and our tier five members, King Vol, Jeff Harris, Aussie Matt, Mad Martron, Glumly, and Atomic Gumby. And, and a big some... thank you to Jefferoth for giving us some great new tiki mugs. He gave us he gave us some tiki mugs. He did? Yes, yes he, he did. did. Go, Jeffy Amazing Rock. tiki mugs. A mug. Dumbledore yeah. and a Voldemort. Fantastic. Yes. And Good we can't decide, actually, if they should go in our Harry Potter room or if they should go with our tiki glasses. Ooh, yeah. But when oh, you come no. out to Vegas, we'll get you some tiki drinks in you. So, you know, come out to Vegas, man. <laughs> we'll repay. And, of course, you, dear listener, thank yes. you so much for listening. If you want to know more about our Kofi, go to ko-fi.com slash geekshock. You can learn more there. Our song for the theme is The Burning Light, and you can find the music at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch, and that creator, Sam Heffernan. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. Commander K. That was, you said that weird. He was You're trying weird. to do the, that I think, then he stopped. Yeah, I, I, I stopped midway. Yeah. I was trying. You I was could like, hear it. I was going to commander, and I don't know. Who's going to do K? Like sticky K. <laughs> deep <laughs> voice. You don't have to say sticky K. We know you're sticky K. <laughs> I like sticky K. Yeah, see, he likes it. Unsticky Vlarg. And Deb. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you next week at Geek. Don't yeah. you poof me. Yeah. No, I'm Teflon, Unsticky Vlarg. Teflon Vlarg. I think he's going to poof you until you make the next round of stickers. I'm going to poof you. You owe everybody stickers, Barry. Uh, yeah. You owe everybody stickers. Yeah, especially speaking a of Moist sticky. is a choice sticker, because that is definitely happening. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the last episode. Moist is apparently a choice, except in Kirsten's case. Okay, now i got to listen to the last episode. <laughs> <laughs>